Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hi. 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 Hello. Hello. What? I do What? What? Where? I don't know. That's excellent. That's excellent. We've got to find like a standardized way. Why? It's a good point. Like keeping people on their toes. Yeah, you don't know what we're gonna do. There's a whole range of emotions that we can go (laughs) through here. We just we just ran the gamut. Hey, can I tell you something? Sure, she said with trepidation. So I decided Uh that the scariest children's book that you can put together since it's October is that you get Jim (laughs) from Hop on Pop. Oh no. Who has a pet. It's the hen from Are You My Mother and his, and he sees ghosts, but only the old lady from Goodnight Moon. Right? Okay. Right? Um, Wouldn't that be terrifying? No, I'm actually terrified because you've kind of read my mind in a weird way. Because guess what we're doing? A scary book? We are! I decided since it's October... We should do some scary picture books. As long as we don't see Jim. Um, I can't not not promise we won't see We won't see Jim. Okay, we won't yeah. see Jim. Jim was a one-time only deal. Yeah. You get to Jim, and then you're out. People who have not listened to our previous episode about Hop and Pop, this makes no sense. Or the hen from Are You My Mother with the no eyelashes. Yeah, that, that. Or the ghost grandmother. I don't know that chickens have eyelashes. We, we have, we've been all through this before. <laughs> we've been all through this before. Now I want to play, like, traditional Halloween music, like Werewolf Bar Mitzvah and other things. Are you familiar with Werewolf Bar Mitzvah? No. You never watched 30 Rock, did you? No. All right, moving on. I watched 30 Rock from the Sun. Not the same thing. That's a three Not and a there, rock. Uh, there, were there any Werewolf Bar Mitzvahs? No, but there's there, John Lithgow. Yeah. Eh? Almost. Eh? You're so close. <laughs> You're just like, There were aliens, Mitzvah. come on. I'm, I'm aware of the origins of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <sighs> Really? Okay, moving yeah. on. He does uh, lip sync really well right. to Nicki Minaj. I'm just saying. And Why are we here? Why are we here? Janet Jackson. No, we're not here because of Janet Jackson. Why are we here? Janet Jackson. Okay, I haven't seen that one. Why are we here? Oh, we're here because we talk about children's picture books. And if they are razzmatazz, all classic, all the time, gotta read them, gotta check them out, or crap. Dull. Not even dull, just, yeah. Bad. Bad. Yeah. Sometimes they're bad. They're really bad. Sometimes they're great. And sometimes it's complicated. And, uh, yeah, I think, so here's my problem. I wanted to do scary picture books, but classic scary picture books. And I, so I, I went around and I asked people, what book uh, terrified you as a child? Um, oh, what I book, know. What? The, those those ghost stories with the oh yeah scary stories to tell in the dark yeah, yeah that's Where's because of the my big toe yeah the story that story wasn't actually scary it was the art oh yeah the art it was, was Stephen Gamble 
and Stephen Gamel did oh, the art. I still have it burned in my brain. Yeah, the man is still alive and working, I believe, in Minnesota and uh, making picture books to this very day, but they are not... He, I believe he has disowned that series entirely. If you try to buy it now, you won't get his art. You'll get some Brett Helquist crap. It's not even, like, half as scary. So That's the whole bad. reason they were scary. No offense to Alvin Schwartz. You did a good job, man. But, yeah, the whole reason those were scary was because of the art. So we're not doing that. That's not picture books. No. no, picture books. And not intentionally scary. I want people, like, who are like, oh, my gosh, we read this picture book when I was a kid. And it scarred me for life. So I was going for scarred me for life. Awesome. And I failed. Oh. Uh, because scarred me for life books are never books that everyone knows. Um, they're not, they're not classics. That, they're not classics, right. quite frankly. They're not classics. However, I did find a couple uh, possibilities. One we will be doing uh, next time with a special guest. I'm not going to say who it is. But we're going to have a special guest for the first time on this podcast. And it, and he, uh... That person will be bringing a, uh, a book that I think it could be argued to be terrifying. But this week, I'm very, very happy. We're going to pull out the book. This is, this is quite the classic. All right, drum roll, please. And ta-da! Huh. Read me that title. Outside over there. Read me that author. Maurice Sendek. Remember him? Yeah. What's he done? He likes to draw penises. That's the man. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> the man's name was Maurice Sendak. Penises were his game. No. Um, no, he, uh, he, as we may recall from previous episodes, uh, he did a little, uh, a little something called In the Night Kitchen. This is a, this is a different art style for him. One might call it the German romantic style, apparently. Or so my sources tell me. Sure. But, uh, yeah, you see, it's, it's awful innocuous with the girl and the baby and the horn. What could go wrong? It's even got a little, it's even got a little, uh, Caldecott Honor sticker on there. Librarians wouldn't lie to you. This must be a, a, a delightful, whimsical jaunt. Why don't you take this delightful, whimsical jaunt into the other room and read it, my dear? I'm gonna add this baby to the scary children's book that, that I'm gonna write. It's the least of your problems. Maybe it's, like, Jim's baby brother. No, 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 no. The baby is not the issue. Oh, the baby is not the issue. Go, flee, read this book. I'm so excited. It's October. While Kate's off discovering the wonders of outside over there, she's never gonna forgive me for this one. Uh, let's talk about our quiz question from last podcast. As you may recall, the question was, what movie did Dr. Seuss work on the screenplay of, um... I don't know if I said that James Dean was in it, but I might as well have uh, with James Dean. And the answer was that he apparently worked on the script of uh, Rebel Without a Cause. So when anyone complains to you about a Seuss book, uh, you are apparently fully within your rights uh, to scream, You're tearing me apart! Which is my favorite line from Rebel Without a Cause. Nobody quotes it. I am the only one who quotes that line. But, You're tearing me apart! As for this week's quiz question, I didn't want to forget about that. Um, I, I, this may come up in our conversation, so it's almost unfair for me to, to mention this here, but I'm going to do it anyway. What full-length feature film cited outside over there as an influence? It doesn't name the book directly, but it is directly related to this book. If that's not confusing enough. 
witches. And we're back. And you're back. I'm back. You're so back. I'm here. Welcome to the land of the living. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that book. Mm. It's quite the book. Mm-hmm. There are things, the things we could say about that book. Yeah. We could say it for minutes. Yep. On end. Uh-huh. You know what, though? Huh. Nobody knows what that darn book's about. I'm not quite sure what it's about. <laughs> That's quite all right. You're not alone. <laughs> all right. Well, we will discuss what it is about. But first, I need you to tell me what it's about. To tell, to tell all of us what it's about. In the voice of a cultured southern lady. Oh, my stars. Oh, my stars and goddess. <laughs> Fetch me my smelling salts. Oh, this will be good. Ida's daddy is away at sea. She plays her horn each night to make her baby sister sleep. One night while she's playing her horn and not paying attention to the baby, goblins sneak in through the window and steal her baby sister away, replacing her with a changeling made of ice. The changeling melts as Ida cradles it, and Ida, realizing what has happened, blows her wonder horn, dons her mama's yellow rain cloak, and sets off after her baby sister. However, because she exits the window backwards, she enters outside over there where she cannot find the goblins or her sister. She then hears her daddy's voice telling her to turn around into the rain. She does so and interrupts the goblins, now in the form of babies, in the midst of a wedding. To find her sister among the crime babies, Ida plays a captivating tune on her horn until the goblins dance in a frenzy and fall into a stream. Ida then picks up her sister and heads home to her mama, who has received a letter from her daddy where he promises to come home one day and asks Ida to watch over her sister. So this book came out in 1981. You were negative three. Yeah. Negative three you. I'm sure you enjoyed it wherever you were. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't exist <laughs> when this first came out. So you can't be held responsible for it. Yeah. So what you, uh, what you think there, buddy? Thought a lot of things. <laughs> uh, first of all, these, uh, these, on, on, the, on the title page, you know, mm. you see these I believe you, the hooded word goblins? Yeah, I mean, they call them goblins. They do. But let's be honest, they're either Ewoks or they're the monks from Monty Python's Holy Grail. <sighs> oh, Kate, 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 Kate. Jawas. You no. mean Jawas. No, I mean Ewoks. No, you mean Jawas. No, I mean Ewoks. Just forget the fact that they have human hands. Dude, do not test me Jawas on this. Jawas no. have no. the cloaks and the red eyes. And they sell the parts in the thing. Ewoks also wear hoods when they are out scavenging. Do not test me on my Star Wars knowledge. I will challenge you. I'm, anyway, no, but the hands no, are wrong. I anyway. reject your Ewok and I stick with my Jawa. But anyway, let the public decide. Right. So, All right, anyway. but anyway. Sure. Um, we never see the Jawa's hands. So. Right. So let's mm-hmm. talk about a couple things. Mm-hmm. Number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this girl's bedroom, mm-hmm. right? Okay, what? She's got this portrait huh. of a dude. Yes. Uh, on the next page, yes. that that dude's hair color changes. Uh-huh. You ever notice that? No, I never noticed I, I never noticed the dude in the first place. You're supposed to be paying attention to the really creepy Ice Ice Baby over Look, here. Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> 
<laughs> we will now officially refer to the changeling as Ice Ice Baby. Thank you. Dun, 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 dun. Ping. Yeah. I will sue you. That, anyway. Um, yeah. No, so I've never noticed his haircut change color. Sendak didn't play. If he did that, he did it on purpose. As long as that guy's not, like, looking over I mean, I even had... I put him side by uh, side, and you can see... No, no, that's a... Do you think it's because the time of day has changed? Because the well, lighting a, is That's different. another thing I want to talk about. Yeah. So we see some nice trees outside her uh, her bedroom window. Sure do. The ice ice baby comes in while the real baby goes away, mm-hmm. and you see those trees, and it's now nighttime. It is, indeed. And then all of a sudden, there's water out there. Oh, yeah, there is. What... Yeah. There, there was a tree. Yeah. And now there's just an well, ocean. Well, that's, that's and, her papa's boat, and right? And some rocks that weren't there before because there was a tree. Also, the sunflowers are getting a little mad, but yes. uh, So what is going on? Is it just all magic happening outside this window? Uh, it could well be. Or is it just inconsistencies with... Oh, no, no, no. No, Sendag was not inconsistent. If he did something, he did it with a very distinct purpose in mind. So why would it change Well, maybe that's her mental state. Maybe she feels very boat crashing on the Roxy right now. Hmm. It could well be. I mean, that's her mood. Okay. My little sister has turned out to be Ice Ice Baby, so... (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. I do know all the words. Don't get me started. Oh, no, no, no. We will Um, stop right now. (laughs) So, right. So, apparently, in order to save your your sister, you just need to turn around. Well, that's what... Yeah. Turn around. No, no. I'm going to stop you. Time out. I'm doing the time out symbol. Time out. Okay. Because every now and then you'll fall apart. Okay. Okay. That's all on you. Why? That's all on you. All right, go on. So, that's why I don't understand. Like, Mm. she... Also, so all of a sudden, she's told, hey, from her dad, hey, turn around. She turns around, all the goblins turn into babies. They were already babies, to be fair. It's just you couldn't see them. So all she had to do was turn around and see babies. That's correct. That's kind of how I feel right now. Turn around, (laughs) everywhere I see is a baby. I would think you would identify with this book very, very much. Um, I'm glad there's finally a vagina uh, in here. Well, this is a book full of, yeah, there you go. It's a girl baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go, you know? So, in the night He did know how to draw girls. Penises. Yeah. In this... Well, this is the most girl-centric of his books in many ways. It is a heroine girl saving another girl from a bunch of girls. Yeah. Presumably one of them is a boy, but who knows? Uh, if if there is... Uh, we do not know it, You yeah. can't tell. No. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, all of a sudden... Her real sister is in an eggshell. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's supposed to be symbolic. Undoubtedly somehow. so. And uh, there's the, uh, I think this is the guy from the portrait who's... That's Mozart. He's playing piano. Yeah, but in, it's in, pianoforte. And um, in yeah, a, no, 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 that's Mozart. He um, he has appeared in other Sendakian illustrations. Sendak loved opera. Do you and, think that's the... I mean, I thought it was... I don't think that is, actually. I mean, just I thought that was... Honestly, I thought that the portrait in her bedroom was... Her dad? Her mom, actually. But I guess that's a... That's not a woman, that's a man. All right, so that's... My, yeah, I thought it would be like her dad. It could make sense if it was her dad. Because you don't see him any other way. He doesn't make an appearance. Oh, yeah. And I love this German Shepherd. That was his dog. So he always put his dogs in his books. His first dog was a little white dog. And then this was his next dog, and he only had German Shepherds for the rest of his life, so that is his dog. It's the most beautiful picture. You can tell. <laughs> of a he German Shepherd. He loved 
his dogs. I mean, it's gorgeous. It is beautiful. And the dog, I don't know what that child's about to do to the poor dog. I think it's about to grab a fistful of chest hair from that poor dog, but mm. that's probably Um, and then accurate. the end. No yep. more goblins. That's right. I'm so confused. Are you? I am. It seems crystal clear to me. Does it? No. No. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about what people think this is about. So I found the original New York Times article for this because it only came out in 1981. Why, that was a mere before you were born ago. Yep. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, the author of the piece, a Christopher Lemonhaupt, still alive, I have discovered, uh, wrote, here. here's what he thought. Quote, it is also obvious enough, so apparently this is obvious, we're just not getting this, uh, that its story is really about an older sister's ambivalent feeling toward a younger sibling and about getting one's feelings under control and expressing them through functional rather than narcissistic love. Parentheses, before the kidnapping, which incidentally alludes in various ways to the Lindbergh baby and to the Dion quintuplets, Ida's love is all empty gesture. After the rescue, her love is expressed by teaching the infant how to walk. I take issue with this because, quite frankly, the beginning of the book is also, if you will notice, there's, okay, okay, fine, teaching the baby to walk. Yeah. Both the beginning and the end are teaching the baby how to walk. The difference being, in one case, you have a goblin, and in the other case, you don't. So I'm not seeing, I mean, yes, she seems happier about it at the end. I'll, I'll grant him that one. So that was his thoughts. Um, critics, by the way, can't agree on whether this book is good or bad. Uh, I don't understand why it has that big metal on the front, other than it's really pretty to look at. It's awful pretty to look at. Uh, Geraldine Dulaca said hates this book because, quote, we, particularly children, are left at the end of this work with too much pain. What? Uh, we'll get to that. Um, Sendak actually said what it was about, which helps. Kind of? I'm all ears. Okay, here's what he said. It was the story of me and my sister, basically. She's Ida, and her vexation, if not rage, in having to take care of me. To insinuate that as part of a relationship in a book for children is hard for critics, because there's a misconception of what is a children's book, and what it should contain and should not contain, and what the subject matter should be and should not be, and primarily, it is to be healthy and funny and clever and upbeat and not show the little tattered edges of what life was like. The little tattered edges of what life was like. It's how he talked. In every single interview, he always had a full quote. I don't get that either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't get how people can hate it. I don't get how people can love it. Oh, people I'm... hate it. They don't like that Ice Ice Baby. Okay, that thing is terrifying. It's terrifying! But... <laughs> I know. I kind of love it, too. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. All right. It is. It is so clearly... Because she's fooled for a moment. She's like, well, oh. At first, I thought she was blind. Like... Oh, right, because she picks it up. But even then, if it's made of ice... You hug it, you're gonna know. Right. It's not your sister. Yeah. Besides, I again, I'm not buying the whole this book is about her coming to love her baby because when she hugs the changeling, she actually murmurs how I love you, which right. That seems and pretty the whole darn affectionate. She was playing the horn in the first place was to comfort the baby. Right. Well, did they actually say that? Yeah. To rock the baby still. Yeah, to comfort the baby. That's true, but without watching. Yeah, you're right. She does. Yeah. So that's why when she said without watching, I thought that meant she was blind. <laughs> but I guess not, apparently not. Apparently not. Um, yeah, so 
Uh, as I said, uh, points in its favor. Uh, it's one of those... Sendek did do girls, but he did boys more. Um, but this is one of the clearly a girl having to rescue someone type story. So fair point to that. Um, the thing that comes out, and I was, I was doing my darndest to find info on this book. The thing that keeps coming out is that people keep saying kids get something completely out of this that's different from adults. So more so than what one. Do, so what do kids get out of this? Okay, I had to figure that out. So tonight, so you, so you I, asked your kids? I asked my kids. So I uh, took it home. Because they usually read whatever book is in my bag uh -huh. anyway. I was like, all right, I will, I will read them this classic and see how they feel about it. Uh, read them it, uh, wondered if they'd be disturbed by it in any way, because, you know. Ice baby. Ice, well, and just the babies in general. And um, goblins. And... Goblins, and then the babies dancing themselves into a river, a la tigers going around a tree into butter, but that's a different issue. Uh -huh. Um... And, uh, but, but to be fair, when the babies are prancing so fierce and fast they quick churned into a dancing stream, they don't look too upset about it. Nope. The babies, actually, in this book, very rarely look upset. I'm just wondering how he got access to so many babies to take these images. I mean, could he just draw a happy baby just like that? I don't know. He was very talented. It's like the same baby, though. Sometimes it does, Maybe sometimes it doesn't. Maybe here, but... Like, here, that one clearly looks different from that one. I don't know. Does it? I think so. Well, the hair's different. Eh, it's hard to say. I don't know. Babies. All babies look the same to me. Yeah, babies, well, in this case, they certainly do. Um, except her baby does look significantly different than the other ones. Uh, Ida's sister, who shall not be named. What? Uh, she has no name, as far as I know. Ah. Ida's sister. Yeah. The baby. The baby. The baby. The sister. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I read my book to my kids, and I was like, all right, kids, um... What do you think? Uh, they they were perfectly fine with the book. Could not have had any less of an opinion of any. I could That's have, how I feel. Yeah, I read them like a newspaper. It would have been actually yep. they would have been bored more bored with the newspaper. They thought it was fine. Yeah, but they uh, will not be asking me to reread it. No, they will not be saying outside over there, outside over there. Now I say that some people claim that this was their favorite book as a child. Um, uh, perhaps true. Um. There was one illustrator who just got her own Caldecott honor uh, just this last year, Carson Ellis, who said that it was her favorite book when she was a teenager. And I think that's more on the ball. Uh, and of course, Sendek didn't care who he made these books for. Uh, he just wanted to make his books. He didn't care two bits about who the audience was. He, he would just make a book. That'd be great. Oh, and here we go. Uh, in... Uh, the book The Art of Maurice Sendak with Selma Lanes, he said to her that his books, so this is part of a triumvirate, and he said, they are all variations on the same theme. How children master various feelings, danger, boredom, fear, frustration, jealousy, and manage to come to grips with the realities of their lives. Which brings us to the mom, who is oh. apparently clinically depressed. Yes. Yes. And you don't see that often in kids' books. And not have it commented on. But the mom is clearly... The, Maybe she's uh, postpartum. Could easily be postpartum depression. Plus her husband just like took off for God yeah. knows how long yeah. to see. I mean, we don't even see that guy. Yeah, she is... Clearly there is something going on here. Because the older sister has to take care of the younger sister. Because mom is not 
I mean, even Dad knows this because he writes he a letter. He said that in the yeah. letter. He knows perfectly well what he just left. But a young man's got to make a living, I guess. If Also, the dog looks awesome early in the book as well as later in the books. Though, a piss-poor guard dog, if it allows... Goblins, yeah. Goblins to just, like, well, I don't li- know. literally just traipse past it. I think he's kind of looking... I don't think he can see them. I oh, think he's, uh, I see. I see. That would make a lot more sense. Yeah. I'm, I might have to believe you on that one. That the, the goblins are only visible to Ida and her sister. Yeah. Aww. So, yeah, I mean, if this is a book about dealing with the fact that you are a child in charge of things that you shouldn't be in charge of because the grown-ups in your lives have abandoned you, it's dead on. I'd say. I mean, that's a reality for some kids. I, I have a really hard time for, forming an opinion about this book. Yeah. I forgot what it was called the second I read it. Well, there's that. It doesn't have much of a plot. It has a plot. It, I'm not, it's not, it not a linear. Much. It's not a linear plot. But I don't see all the... It's a quest book. Yeah, I don't see all the deep meanings behind it of of jealousy of you know I, another sibling and then having yeah. to to I don't get that I I think if yeah I think I don't I mean the question is is it for kids I mean that's really what it comes down for is it for kids kids like it fine. But I would point out, by the way, this uh, this edition I got from my library, it is pristine. Of all the books I've given you, this may be, and I don't know when it was purchased, but it was, it, it is, it is almost unread, yeah. which is like, okay. But that could mean because the old edition was so red, it was torn apart and they just replaced it. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's supposed to be one of a trilogy, in a way. It's the first one being Where the Wild Things Are, the second one being In the Night Kitchen, and the third one being uh, Outside Over There. How is how are they at all related to each other? Well, I just Except read that quote, but apparently that that Sendak always cup, put them together, even though they were but, written in sixty seven, seventy one, and then eighty one. Yeah, I, yeah, I get they're all written by the same guy. Yeah. What else do they have in common? Uh, kids. There's kids in them. There's kids in them. There's a lot of kids. That's it. Um, it's like they're even in three different different time periods. I mean, this looks like to be from the 1700s. Mm-hmm. In the Night Kitchen was, what, 20s, 10s? 30s, I'll say. I mean, it, it looked like... Yeah. Well, and you haven't even seen where the wild things are, so you don't even... That's 50s, yeah, but yeah. Um, well, it'll be 60s. Um, yeah. No, it's... <laughs> it's one of the weirdest book picture books in, uh, in picture book history. This book, if any other person had tried to get this published... Uh, they could not, I would argue. I would also argue that Sendak, this kind of like was the beginning of the end for me for Sendak. Because at this point, Sendak was like, well, I'll just do whatever I want now. And now, and then after that point, uh, it all ended with Bumble Artie. Bumble Artie! Alright, we will get to Bumble Artie some other day. Not today. Anyway, uh, but a lot of people look at this book and they're like, well, clearly the man was a genius. This is a genius book. If you don't get it, you're inadequately genius. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with being inadequately a genius. Because, uh... Yeah. Eh. I think it's very beautiful. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but so is a flower. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I wouldn't read that to a kid either. Um, 
Yeah, so I guess it's ratings time. And that's a question. So we're talking on a scale of 1 to 10. 10 being hugely classic. I mean, like, generations upon generations of children must know this book or they have they've failed childhood <laughs> like you do right and uh and one being you know if if i blink tomorrow and it disappeared it would make no difference in the world well if you go off of that okay well fine one being bad yeah ten being yeah good. it's the difference between is it bad well, or right. does it just not matter i mean i i would give it like it matters to adults because they talk about being part of this triumvirate. But does it matter to kids? And I think we have to think in terms of what... I mean, obviously, we're not saying this book shouldn't exist. What we're saying is if you are building the library of books that you should have to read to a kid, would this be in that library? Me personally? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And me, also me personally, should this book exist? Nah. Yeah. If if even your kids are like meh about it, they were pretty meh. Um, I'm pretty meh. Now I, the the danger is though, my kids are not a good litmus test for things. My kids think excavator books are the reason the world exists. So you know, <laughs> one of them does anyway. Um, so yeah, my I don't I don't know if I can use that as a guide. I was I, just curious to see if they were freaked out. I don't by it. I don't see a lesson out of this. I don't see. Don't. Let your sister be kidnapped by goblins. Come on. Hey, look. You're here right now. Clearly, I did my duty. You were not kidnapped by goblins. You turned around. Bright eyes. Every now and then. <laughs> I fall apart. Okay. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> I, uh, I don't... I just don't care. Yeah, that's fine. I'm like you a two. You don't have to care. I'm a two. All right, I'm not a two. I'm all, I'm not. I, I, the only reason I'm not giving it a one is because I like that demented ice baby, <laughs> and I want it to join my scary book with Jim. Well, that was my. Uh, thank God you yeah. chose these. Because remember, when you handed me this book, you thought the baby on the cover would be the. Yeah. Yeah. When I came, no, I, I change it. Yeah. Well, I was, once you I meet was ice, ice baby. I was on there's the no right track. Back. I was yeah. with the baby. I right. just chose the wrong baby. Right, because there's a lot of babies in this book. Yeah, I'm going with the scary eyes ice baby. Exactly, exactly. I'm higher than right, you. Now stop. Collaborate yeah. and listen. Ice is back with a brand new invention. No, no, no. No, no. I'm pulling the plug. Grab, Where's the plug? Tightly. Where's the plug? Okay. Um, so I'm different from you uh, in many ways. In In this book... I'm so undecided, I have to be a five. Um, I'm right on the line. Uh, because I do think there is value to the book. I do think there are kids that get something out of it. Um, obviously, there are teenagers and adults that get a great, great deal out of it. I think it doesn't have to, as he says, it doesn't have to be funny and clever and upbeat to be a picture book. But there's plenty of non-funny, clever and upbeat books that do a better job of reaching their child audience. So I'm a five. I'm completely undecided. And I don't think I've done a five for any book before. So I'm a straight up, down the level, middle of the road, neither here nor there. I'm a five. Which means if you average your votes... It's not a classic. It's not a classic. <laughs> 
Sorry, Sendak. You're only the most famous American children's author illustrator in the world. You will get over this hurt, buddy. <laughs> you will recover. Not really. You're dead. But... If you were alive, you would totally recover too from this. Too soon, Betsy. Too soon. Too soon. He died years ago. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. He'd approve. All right. Letters. Oh. We got none. Oh. But uh, we did get nice comments. We got very nice comments for the book. Or for the podcast, rather. Um, so, yes. Listener, listener comments included the following. Uh, Joe wrote. And he said, of our last podcast. So, hop on pop which went out, got immediate responses, including, dead from laughing, send condolence flowers to my husband. <laughs> Thank you. That is, a, that is a compliment. We got two compliments via Twitter, which is a problem because if you, if you respond to me on Twitter, it will get buried in other stuff and I will not be able to find it. But one person did email who is an uh, author-illustrator by the name of Andrea. And uh, she said she was uh, she was enjoying the podcast and uh, particularly Lan Popo because she, as a child, never noticed the wolf at the beginning there. Thank you. Yeah. So there you go. You're not alone. Uh, and now she'll have to look at the book again. Yeah. As well, one should. I'm glad I'm not alone. You're not alone. That wolf was completely not obvious to many many people, <laughs> uh, particularly small children. So you and small children like that. I am not alone. Oh boy. What this is a whole Andrew's thing. Andrew's there with me. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm trying to do as many 80s songs as I can. Is that even 80s? Michael Jackson. Oh, I thought that was 90s. Are you sure? No, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, Grown-up things we like. Grown-up things we like. We are grown-ups and we like things. It is grown-up things we like. What? No. Me? You. It's kind of a sad note. Uh, that's fine, because mine's happy, so we'll end on a happy note. So okay. go for it, yeah. So I can't go this week without talking about what happened in Las Vegas. Yep. I mm -hmm. lived in Las Vegas. That's uh, right, that's right. After I moved uh, from Vegas and before I moved here. Uh, so I have lots of friends there that I consider family that work at Luxor and Mandalay Bay and we're all around that area and luckily... Everyone I know is fine, but it left me just sh shocked and appalled and curious and devastated all at the same time. And I think a lot of people feel that way too. And if you are like me and you're like, well, how do I help? And I'm poor, but how can I still lend a hand? Um, I would say go out there and give blood. Um, I give blood through a, well, I used to give blood in Los Angeles, uh, with the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. When I moved to Chicago, I now do it through a company called Life Source, and there's Life Sources, I believe, all throughout the country. Um, it's, they take your blood and they give it to whoever needs it the most. Um, and so you, it's super easy. There's an app, um, you can just immediately just make an appointment every eight weeks you go you donate blood you have some snacks um and then a day or two later you get an email saying your blood has been sent out so oh, that's nice. um yeah it's great so if you don't know how to help go out and give blood because it's not just vegas that's hurting it's texas it's florida it's puerto rico it's it's if, everywhere. I mean, Chicago just had its 500th uh, homicide in September, so it's it's not 
pleasant, but I think as long as everyone um, helps each other, we can get through this faster and stronger and better. Oh, very so. good. So, yeah. Yeah, you should have gone second. That's a better, <laughs> that's a better thing to end on. <laughs> I can't follow that. That's, there's, nothing, there's nothing I can actually follow it up with. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. My, my flippant uh, fall to roll will have to follow that very serious and, and heartfelt uh, bet that you just did. Um, so two things. Uh, first of all, I know I've already mentioned it, but The Good Place is a television show that I enjoy very much. Second season uh, has begun. And you haven't seen the two episodes, right? Nope. Yeah. Um, they will blow your mind. The first one blew my mind. And then the second one, where you think you know where it's going, um, it blew my mind. So... Yeah, which is, you know, apparently I'm lacking language inadequate uh, to describe what this show is doing right now. But it is... Wait, wait, let me guess. Is it blowing your mind? It's blowing my mind! (laughs) No, this is one of the most creative shows I have seen in a very long time. Uh, And apparently is going to go on for seven seasons, which you can't imagine. And I think they're going to be... If they are... Continue to be as creative as they are right now. Uh, they are. They would be capable of it, but I. I do not know what is going to happen. Um, second of all, uh, I will be seeing one of my great heroes, uh, the great Eddie Azard. Uh, I will be seeing him uh, perform this Friday uh, here in Chicago. He is on tour currently, promoting his latest book. Um, he will, after this book tour, apparently be running uh, as a running for the. Not the House of Lords, but that other thing you run for. Parliament? That's it. He's running for that. <laughs> He's going to be doing that. Yes, he'll be running for Parliament uh, when he returns to England. So I'll hope that that goes somewhere nicely. He's uh, been using Al Franken as his, his guide in these matters, which I think is a pretty good guide to use. Yeah. That's worked out well. And uh, so, yes, very excited that I will be seeing him on Friday. So, yeah, you already seen him. I did. I saw him in Los Angeles uh, at the Steve Allen Theater. It was a tiny theater. It was just before he did his, uh, he was on tour and he was kind of testing out some jokes in a small audience and I got to sit in the front row and he's a handsome man. Well, yes. Yes, he is a handsome man. Yes. And if you need to get on my good side, just name an Eddie as a joke and... I'm like putty. We've actually used like three of them in this podcast alone. This this episode alone, I feel like. Really? Yeah, I think I used like you do. Ah. Um, like and then you there, do. like you do, and then there were other things too. Yeah, th- uh, there is no human being who has influenced my everyday speech more. Possibly some of the writers for The Simpsons, um, but really Eddie Izzard as a single human being has done the most um, for my everyday just talky talk. Yeah, though obviously. I don't have enough words, so I'll need to go see him <laughs> to get more of them so that I can be a little more loquacious in right. the future. Yes. Cake or death? Cake. Cake or death? Uh, cake, please. All right. We're out of cake. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right. Thanks for doing the podcast with me, buddy, here. Yeah, no problem. All right. I've been Betsy Bird. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8, E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givenskime, and our production coordinator and remedy engineer is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.